Hey, Goal Achievers. Do you want more people to know about your business and the services you provide? Do you want to work with more of your ideal clients? I'm guessing your answer to these questions is a heck yes. If so, today's episode is for you. I invited Jennifer Hensley, owner of Playmaker Coaching and Consulting, to share her marketing and sales expertise. Jen combines two decades of consulting at a Fortune 500 company with her competitive sports background to help referral-based business owners stay on offense and create a system to score more ideal clients and raving fans. Listen in as we discuss how to prospect authentically, how to figure out your unique story to use in marketing, and how to avoid marketing mistakes. Let's learn more about Playmaker and how to be more consistent with marketing initiatives. Welcome, Jen. Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome to Elite Achievement, your go-to podcast for service-based business owners who want to achieve their goals and grow their businesses. Hear inspiring stories from other business owners, Learn goal achievement strategies and overcome the challenges you face when growing your business. I'm Kristen Burke, your host and coach here to help you achieve your goals. Together, let's close the gap between the goals you set and the goals you achieve. Hey, goal achievers. Do you want more people to know about your business and the services you provide? Do you want to work with more of your ideal clients? I'm guessing your answer to these questions is a heck yes. If so, today's episode is for you. I invited Jennifer Hensley, owner of Playmaker Coaching and Consulting, to share her marketing and sales expertise. Jen combines two decades of consulting at a Fortune 500 company with her competitive sports background to help referral-based business owners stay on offense and create a system to score more ideal clients and raving fans. Listen in as we discuss how to prospect authentically, how to figure out your unique story to use in marketing, and how to avoid marketing mistakes. Let's learn more about Playmaker and how to be more consistent with marketing initiatives. Welcome, Jen. It's great to be here with you, Kristen. I'm so excited to be on as a guest of yours. I know I've listened to several of your podcasts and always feel more confident and inspired after listening to the other guests. So thank you again for having me here today. I know you were interested in learning a little bit about just the work that we do at Playmaker Coaching and Consulting. And I typically say that, you know, if you're a referral-based business owner, you're less than maybe 15 years in business, kind of early growth. And marketing feels overwhelming, inconsistent, or unintentional. As a playmaker for your business, I help you to play your position, stay on offense, and create the system so you can score more ideal clients and create more raving fans in your business. You know, ultimately, what I feel like we do is to help business owners act quickly on opportunities, provide creative thinking that delivers results by zoning in on the things that are going to have the most impact on their business so that they can see the results in the bottom line. So we help business owners to develop that playbook for success that allows them to be strategic, show up and provide value in an authentic way to them and is consistent so that they can see those results. And we found that this is the system that actually provides freedom and ability to scale. So we can do the work for you or do it with you. So through individual expert-led coaching, group accelerators and workshops, self-paced programs, 
or if you really need full service, do it for me support, we can do that as well. I'm so glad you shared all the things that you offer. And I I definitely want to understand more about your opening comments. And before I do, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. And I'm so thrilled to hear that you leave feeling more confident and excited about achieving your goals. And Jen, as you were talking, I hear a lot of sports analogies. So (laughs) Tell me a little bit more about the sports analogies you use and how did those become such a key part of your business? I've always played sports. I still play, thankfully, a little bit of soccer and volleyball. So it's always been a lot of um, you know, my life experience. And as I left, and I think we'll talk about maybe a journey leaving the corporate world, but as I left the corporate world and was trying to decide, well, what's next? Where am I taking things from here? I always felt like there was something more. I realized that what I did in the corporate world was the same thing I did on the playing field, was being able to see how things connect, get the ball to that right person, see the whole field, and help my team score. And that's what I love doing. So, uh, you know, as being someone who loves to play sports, watch sports, I definitely infuse that into our approach at Playmaker. We like to do different like March marketing, madness, bracket challenges, other fun things too, to play into that of just how can we make things a little bit lighter and a little bit more fun along the way in our business journey. I did not grow up uh, playing a lot of organized sports. I, I tried soccer didn't last long. I think I I played one season and I spent more time kind of standing around, like looking at the ball. There was a failed attempt at T-ball and I am pretty sure it crushed my dad that I wasn't, I wasn't going to be any kind of a softball player. I did find my way into dance. So I loved that. So I, I did have some of the team aspect with dance, but as it relates to sports now, I watch them because my husband loves to watch, you know, March Madness and football. And so I get behind and rally so I can, I can understand a lot of what you're talking about, thanks to uh, watching those games with my husband. Yeah. And I think the things is if, whether you play sports or been around sports or not, a lot of the same concepts apply. Uh, certainly, yeah, I have a, a daughter as well. And as much as I would have loved to have her play sports, she's a dancer and a cheerleader and all the things that I'm like, on the surface, I would say I know nothing about, but there's still a lot of those same principles that apply in terms of just how do we uh, think about things and how are we going to continue to grow and get better and be looking ahead of what's going to make you excel, whatever it is that you have passions around. Jen, you started to share a little bit about your transition from working in the corporate world to founding your own coaching and consulting business. What motivated you to make that transition? Well, you know, I kind of grew up with the same company for, I mean, almost two decades. I had been in various different roles, so I had kept it fresh and engaging. But I got to the point where I knew I was probably ready for a change, uh, but wasn't sure what that next step was. And I think as a female sometimes felt like that obligation of, you know, I need to do the responsible thing and the practical thing. And can I really actually go for what I think maybe I want as well? So it held me back for quite a while. But then I finally got to the point where my daughter, we just have one daughter who was eight at the time talking with her. And I always tell her every day to, you know, be bold, be curious, dream big. And I felt like I wasn't showing up that way myself, that she felt like I expected her to be perfect all the time. So it was time for me to step out of my comfort zone and to show her it's okay to take risk. It's okay to not have it all figured out and to embrace that and be able to show that and be able to have a little bit more time with her as I felt like she was approaching, you know, some, some critical years coming up. Uh, So that was definitely a motivator for me. And then I just knew that there was a different way to help people. 
you know, my concern about becoming a business owner myself, I felt like were the same concerns that I would hear from people I consulted with for years and years. So I was determined to find a better solution for them on, you know, how to prospect authentically. Um, you know, I remember when I first started my business, uh, talking with my coach and I feared that when I would reach out to people, people would say, you know, especially with a common name of Jennifer, Jennifer, who, like, who would remember me? What would make me stand out? So I knew there was a way to help other people overcome some of those fears and those uh, barriers as well. You know, how to build a business around the things that I did best, just like we were talking about with sports, you know, we all want to play our position and do the things that we enjoy the most and leverage our strengths and not beat ourselves up for the things that are never going to be our strengths, you know, and being able to uh, do that for other people was really important to me to help them make it a little bit easier. And then finally, making more of an impact with, uh, by incorporating a balance of kind of quick wins, you know, what do you need help with immediately, especially as a small business owner with a system that would really generate long-term results. So you'd never look back at things and say, oh yeah, I did that once. It worked so great. I stopped, or I invested all in this into an effort. And then now I haven't touched it in years. Why did I do that? So I want to make sure that we're addressing where your pain points are today, as well as how do we help you ultimately get to where you want to be. So with that feeling of there's a better way and knowing that my experience was not uncommon to others, I took that 20 plus years in financial services experience as a business owner now for several years and as a coach and started researching options. So now instead of dreading prospecting or feeling like client acquisition is overwhelming or inconsistent or unintentional, you know, my goal is really that business owners have a lead generation plan that provides that flexibility and gives them options, that they have clarity on their niche and what attracts other people to them. They have that playbook for success that creates the ability to scale and gives them control. And they have access to a team of experts at a fraction of the investment by having somebody else lead that effort for them. So I really believe that for small business owners, they deserve more ideal clients and it shouldn't have to be so hard. We shouldn't all have to go through this process feeling like we're on an island by ourselves and figuring it all out on our own. You shared a lot of things that I literally just worked on with my own coach. So I was in a coaching session before we jumped on this podcast interview and we were talking about my strategies and goals for the year and talking about serving more of my ideal clients and how I'm still doing outreach and and growing my own business. And so I'm, I'm so curious to talk more about prospecting authentically. Because Jen, I know in the work that I do, and I I work with a lot of service-based business owners, and I know you work with a lot of referral-based business owners, so I'm sure there's some parallels there. But I know in a lot of my coaching conversations, prospecting is always coming up. And it's usually always coming up as a big challenge or a big opportunity in someone's business. So how can a business owner start to prospect authentically. It's different for each person, right? You know, what authentic means to you is different to somebody else that I would hear so many other people say like, oh, well, I should just, you know, be on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is. It's like, well, what makes sense to you, uh, you know, and who your clients are of how you show up. But I think a big part of that is one is like, you want to, people want to know you. They want to develop that relationship with you. So you, you know, how can you put yourself out there in a way that to let people understand a little bit about what's important to you uh, so they can develop that that trust relationship and that connection with you 
So letting people in, sharing, you know, some personal content, whether it's on social media or doing speaking engagements where you can maybe be in front of people. Because the number one thing that you really have control over in that space is your message and sharing your story. So I think that's the number one thing that I would say in terms of how do you lead with value is knowing what your message is and sharing that with other people. I think that's so powerful. Uh, A lot of my clients will share with me some of their prospecting language and it doesn't sound or feel authentic. And as soon as we start to rewrite that and let their voice come out and their story come out and the reason they are asking come out, they go to market and they ask with a ton of conviction and then they start getting results. And then that fuels their desire to keep asking. So I think there's a lot of power and understanding your own message and your own story. So what are some ideas you have to help people start to know their story? How do I figure out what my story is? Yeah, that's where a lot of times we start with people because like you said, it's like the more clarity and confidence you have in that, the rest of I think your marketing efforts become so much easier because now you know who you're really trying to talk to, what makes you different, what problems you solve for them, how can I connect with that audience? So some of the things that we do typically to help in that space um, are some simple things in terms of sometimes even there's some some branding exercise that can get you a, a sense of, you know, what's your style? Like, you know, for me, I'm kind of the hero's journey and the girl's next door somewhat that kind of represents a little bit about, you know, how do I want to connect with people and what is my style and approach? Um, I love to ask people things like, if you were to use three emojis to describe you and your brand, what would you use and why? And I think just that alone sometimes really gets you a feel for kind of what your your story is. And then another big thing that we do is we will often is reach out to our clients' clients and get feedback directly from them. What words are they using? How do they describe it? Because we can ask ourselves or talk about it in a, internally with our team all we want, but really we need to understand from our ideal client, how did they think about us? What is most important to them? What is the language that they use so that we don't use our expert language, but we really use the language that they would use to describe it as well. So I think that's one of the most powerful things of whether a client's having a hard day and they can go back and look at that feedback and be like, oh, oh yeah, this is why I'm doing it. Um, or just in terms of helping them overall with that confidence and clarity around this is who I want to work with and this is what they said was important to them, that then they can start to incorporate that in their speaking engagements and their online presence, you know, everywhere and everything that they do, that this is what makes us different and this is what we're all about. That piece has got to be massively impactful for your clients because I know I'm really hard on myself and I'm sure a lot of clients you work with are really hard on themselves and and don't always see the good things and you know I'm always picking up on where I can improve or what I can do better and, and we've got imposter syndrome that kicks in and so to hear what your ideal clients are actually saying has got to be a game changer for your clients. Yeah, I it's it's one of my favorite things to do too because I mean, they all rave about them and how amazing them. I'm. I always get off and I'm like, oh, I want to be that person's client. I want to worry this person's client. <laughs> I'm like, I wish I could be all of their clients because they say such amazing things about them. But yet there's always an individual story. You know, on the surface, since I work with a lot of financial advisors on the surface, a lot of times I'll hear things, you know, peace of mind, comfort. But as you have that conversation and go a little bit different, 
everybody describes it a little bit different. Uh, is it your really your ability to make them more successful? Is it your ability to know them better than anybody else? Maybe even their own family knows them. Like, what is it that really separates you? And on the surface, we're all like, oh yeah, I just, you know, I just help take care of people. But when you go deeper, it's so powerful. And yeah, the, one of my favorite things, and I think for my clients as well, is when they get all of that, they're like, oh, you know, I thought I was doing a good job, but this just brings it to another layer for them and that clarity of exactly what things are making the most difference to their clients. So all of our listeners, I think that would be a very helpful exercise is to reach out to some clients and ask, hey, what's your experience? What's your feedback working with me? And it might surprise you what you find out. You don't have to have somebody else do it. Yeah. Take that opportunity. And and when you're early on, going back to what we talked about with prospecting, when you're early on, sometimes we we tend to ask people, you know, to want to be our clients. But if we can sometimes lead that discussion more with it can can I go through this process and can you give me feedback on the process and the experience? Sometimes we get so much more helpful information and those people will eventually become clients. But if you lead with that spirit of feedback, it opens it up in a whole new way. For sure. For sure. Seeking to understand such a powerful thing for all of us to do. Jen, we've been talking about prospecting authentically. We've been talking about figuring out your story. So let's dive a little bit deeper into some tactical ideas around marketing. So what are some important things a small business owner needs to do as it relates to marketing? First off, I think it's make sure that you're consistent with your efforts because consistency is what leads to that compound growth over time is if you don't stay with it, you're never going to know what works and what doesn't work, right? And you're never going to really be able to get traction with it. So you got to be consistent with your efforts. And then I think in terms of one thing specifically around where to be consistent is delivering an exceptional client experience. For most of my clients, you mentioned, you know, the referral-based, service-based kind of organizations. So word of mouth. Uh, those referrals are the lifeblood of their business. But the best way to ensure that their clients are going to refer them to other people is to provide that outstanding experience that they want to actually talk about and share with other people. So that means going above and beyond. It's not okay enough to be like, oh yeah, I'll call them back within you know, two days and you know, we provide good service. It's what goes above and beyond that exceeds their expectation and really provides that positive impression is, you know, you can't just meet their needs. You got to strive to create memorable experiences and things that delight them that are unexpected that they're willing to share. So I recommend that every small business owner reviews their client journey from the moment somebody hears about you all the way through the experience. Look for areas that you can remove friction or where you could surprise and delight someone. These are the things that are going to make you different and are going to set you apart from other businesses. So put yourself in your shoes of your client and what would you think? What could create something where they'd say, wow, this is amazing and where they would go to other people and say, you'll never believe what this person did for me. That's what you want to aim for. So go through your process and identify maybe just one or two things that you could do that might make that even better. I love how you bring up consistency leads to compound growth. And I know consistency is one of the characteristics of goal achievers. So I appreciate that. And I'm sure it's hard for small business owners to remain consistent with their marketing efforts. So what are some things small business owners can do to be more consistent and not give up on their marketing initiatives? 
oh, that is probably one of the number one things I think because you know they have so many great ideas and it's like, oh, I heard somebody talk about this and stuff. Having somebody else to help them kind of process that I think can help. And sometimes having that parking lot too of, hey, does this really make sense right now? Or we don't have to say we're never going to do it, but we can put it somewhere else of like, hey, that might be something else we want to explore next quarter or next year. Um, so they don't have to feel like we're just abandoning it if we don't necessarily do it right now. But what we try to do is, is is look at their processes. So for instance, first off, thinking about your sales process, you know, we all have one, is where are you doing marketing within that sales process? So often we talk with things, for instance, like when do you connect with somebody on social media? And for most people, they're like, oh, when I think about it, or, you know, maybe it's, you know, when they actually decide they're going to be a client. So it's like, well, let's come up with a process of when is that going to take place and who's responsible for that. And then we actually, you know, create the systems, whether it's a task or just putting it down on a spreadsheet, however we're going to manage that. And then each quarter, we kind of continue to review those processes and say, you know, how is that going? Are we ready to add more things to our list, you know, that we can add in? Or do we need to revise that play a little bit because something's not working here? So I always recommend that we start with less that you can actually do consistently. And then over time, add more things in. Because you get those grand visions of like, oh, I want to deliver, yeah, this ultimate client experience. I want to do all these events for my clients and give them gifts for these occasions and all these different things. And then inevitably, you'll fall, that will fall flat because you try to do too much at once. So that's where we start to develop these, this phased approach of what can we do this first 90 days? Maybe we'll put other things down as like, that's going to be Q2 or Q3. And then we continue to come back to that to say, are we ready to incorporate those other pieces? Do they make sense for us or not? And that really helps with the consistency of having those processes, right-sizing it and having you know a team, whether it's a coach or other people that you're surrounded with that can kind of help you come back to, hey, what's our ultimate goal and the vision that we're working towards? And how does this align with that so that we don't just start adding in random things that may not necessarily connect with the most important things to get you where you want to go? I just made a note for my team to say, hey, when are we connecting with our clients on social? Because I'm like, oh, we don't have a process for that. I'm like, I'm sure I'm connected with some of my clients, but I might not be connected with all of them. So I really appreciate that you shared that idea. I'm going to take that one away. And then also, Jen, I love the idea of the phased approach because you're right. As business owners, we constantly have so many ideas going on and we're we're running the day-to-day business. We're in it. We're working in the business. We have to work on the business and we got to figure out what to layer on. And I think, yeah, as it relates to goals as well, it's when we try to do too many things at the same time that we lose a lot of our consistency. So I think that that's a really helpful idea. You mentioned one of the things that you do is you help your clients look at their sales process and really identify where they are doing their marketing. So I'm curious, how does marketing relate to sales? And then how can we get better at sales? So I think of marketing very broadly, and I mean, ultimately we're thinking about it in terms of what are we solving for? It's really about client acquisition, like you said, prospecting. It it always comes down to that for for 99% of us probably. But connect your sales and marketing strategies together by creating a targeted lead generation plan. So they shouldn't be two separate things. 
you know, while referrals and word of mouth are important, marketing can contribute significantly to your business growth by generating, I believe, about 20 to 30% of your business, even if you are more of a referral-based service kind of end, uh, company. So start by identifying maybe three to four lead sources, maybe it's speaking engagements or online prospecting or sponsorships or influencers. But what are those ones that are going to be important outside of just your normal word of mouth prospecting leads? And then you can set specific targets for those and then develop a plan to help you bridge the gap of where are you at now versus where do you want to go? So a lot of times I'll hear clients say, hey, I want to do more speaking. Uh, we talk about what does that look like? What do you want to get out of that? And it's like, oh, maybe one a quarter. It's like, well, okay, that's still not like what kind of results do we want to get out of that? So if we talk more specifically around, hey, I want to get, you know, 10% of my leads coming from it, then we can actually look at, well, what are you getting right now? How many either speaking engagements do we need to put you in front of? Or how big of audience? Or how do we generate better results from the ones you're doing? And we can really develop a concrete plan to help them get there. And by having that lead generation plan, you know, it allows them to be able to start to look at specific metrics to understand what's working and what's not working over time as they track that and start to see those results um, to get to where they want to go. So I think the ultimately what I think about in terms of that question you asked around how does sales and marketing fit together? Marketing's everything from the moment you say hello to, you know, cross selling strategy to, you know, everything you're doing. So think about it like I heard somebody call it once Sam, you know, it's sales and marketing. Are you dating Sam? Are you married to Sam? So commit to spend more time with Sam. They really work together versus thinking about, hey, I have this sales plan over here. I have this marketing plan over here, or maybe I don't even have the marketing plan, is what is your sales and marketing strategy and how it works together? I love that. Sam, are you dating Sam? Are you spending more time with Sam? That's a really helpful way for us to remember how sales and marketing work together. And then Jen, you also mentioned metrics. And so now, now you're speaking my love language as a goal achievement coach. I'm like, yes, we have to track our results. And I'm sure the metrics you recommend your clients track are very personalized based on their goals and their marketing initiatives. But can you share some general metrics that would be important for us to look at from a marketing perspective? The number one thing we talk about is what are your business goals, right? Because that's what we're ultimately trying to help you accomplish through your marketing. So because we can look at 500 plus different measures when it comes to marketing, right? And get consumed of trying to understand, well, was it, did somebody do this because they saw our email or because they came to this event or, you know, it's the combination usually that usually actually generates the results. So we want to first and foremost stay focused on the bigger picture. What is your overall business goals? If it's a revenue goal or sales goal, whatever that is, how can we help you achieve that? And then we can get a little bit more specific with that in terms of what's that leading indicator of that. Typically for a lot of my clients, it's around you know, how many new discovery meetings or how many new introductions did I get? It's like, okay, where are you at today? Where do we need that number to be to get you in front of more of those people that energize you, more of the people that allow you to do the things that you really love and that you can make the most impact on? So that's a lot of times what those leading things are looking at. And then certainly we'll do things like looking at some things of, 
you know, if we're focused on your brand messaging, well, how many people are engaging with your website beforehand? And now are we seeing more people staying and engaging longer because you have better messaging that really talks to your ideal client on there? So we look at some of those other things as well, but try not to get too consumed by every single measure that's out there and lose sight of that bigger picture of, hey, if it's it's what you want to accomplish from your business and how can we help you get there? What are some mistakes business owners make as it relates to marketing? First and foremost, like we talked about, not being consistent. You know, like if you don't have a, a process, it's really hard to make something a consistent part of your business. I always heard this quote about like, if something's a problem, make it a process. And less than 3% of the professionals that we work with say that they have some kind of playbook when we start working with them. And just think about, you know, how much is not having those fundamentals documented? How much does that cost you in terms of lost revenue or lost time in your business? So you need to know, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? And having that playbook really allows you to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. For instance, a client I worked with, I was presented with a sponsorship opportunity. And initially it would be just the, you know, here's your booth at our expo thing event. And really by walking through a sponsorship evaluation worksheet with her, we were able to negotiate a much more extensive opportunity. They allowed her the opportunity to speak and have just some more intimate time with some of the attendees that really helped her to turn that in for something where it was just a little bit of visibility to something that could actually generate some new conversations and potential clients for her and her business. So Having that playbook really gives you something too that as you may expand with the team, you can rinse and repeat processes and execute the right ones like we talked about at the right time. You know, things that you might just put on like, yes, that's a great idea, but it's not the right time for us. So that's what ultimately gets you those long-term results. Another mistake I would say is lack of clarity on their brand messaging and going niche. Most of us start with like, well, anybody will be our client. Who will be our client? But the sooner you can lean into what makes you different and what problems you solve, you can actually start to create attraction. You become known for that. I remember a client, Amy, that we worked with, and as she leaned into this and understanding her market and started to ask specifically for that, she was amazed at how many people like came back and were like, oh yeah, you should actually meet so-and-so and talk to this person and stuff. So she was able to be very clear and ask for exactly what she wanted. And other people could see that in their eyes much more easily as well to connect her. Waiting too long. You know, sometimes with when we connect with somebody on social media, when we put them in our email list, when we customize our digital presence, you know, over 70% of consumers utilize digital in their buying decisions. So we need to be doing things sooner because not everybody's going to buy from us the first time they are exposed to us. And we know it's going to take continued nurturing. So how can we get them into our systems and be presenting ourselves in the way that it's going to resonate with them sooner? Another thing would be thinking about marketing as just digital or, you know, one thing. And we talked about it, it touches everything. So don't compartmentalize your efforts. Uh, some of my clients, especially, you know, like law firms that I work with, like they might have, you know, this person that's handling some advertising, this person that's doing some social media, this person that's doing an event, and it's just all fragmented. And there's no overall strategy of how does this work together? What message are we trying to present across all of these efforts? So make sure you don't think about it as just one little piece of it. It's really the whole approach. Not focusing on how you could be known, liked, and trusted. 
We talked a little bit about that of make it easy for other people to engage with you, that you can show up for others, that they know who you are. And then I'll leave you with a couple other kind of quick ones. One is focusing on sometimes the number of connections versus making a true connection. I think women are often a little bit better at this, that we're a little bit more natural in that space, but always continue to think about how you can add value and engage in others, share their content, cheer people on, and be vulnerable sharing your story like we talked about. And then as we talked about at the beginning too, is, is think about how you can provide more than just what's expected. How can you provide the things that are memorable or the things that are different? Different is better than better. So don't worry about all your specific features of what you can sell or you can provide. Think more about the benefits that you provide. Well, you're right. There are certainly a lot of mistakes we can make with marketing. And one that really stood out to me is you mentioned, Jen, that over 70% of of people utilize digital and buying decisions. So for people that might not be as well-versed in marketing as you are, what are some examples of digital? And then how do we get engaged on those digital platforms sooner? I think starting off, it's thinking about your social media profiles, not even what you're posting, just your profiles to start with, your website, if you have one, And then how you are showing up potentially with search. If somebody's trying to find you, can they find you? Is it easy to get to wherever you're at online? So think about those three areas and what can you be doing differently? So many times I'll see people, you know, especially early on in their business, that they're reaching out to people they haven't talked to very much and maybe in a number of years. And the first thing those people are going to do too, sometimes go out there and be like, oh, let me check out their LinkedIn profile again, see what they're up to now. And it's out of date or it doesn't really tell you much and stuff. So you're you're kind of missing really being able to capitalize on that opportunity as effectively as you could. So going back to thinking about your brand messaging, how can you talk a little bit more specifically in those spaces about here's the types of clients that I can work with, here's the problems we solve, here's a little bit more about the skills that I bring to the table or utilizing those testimonials and feedback. Even if you don't have people within your own business, sometimes you can just go back to other people that you've worked with that can talk a little bit about skills that you've developed that would translate really well into what you're doing now. Uh, And that can be really helpful to you to also have some more credibility if you're newer in business and people are going out there and checking out your online presence. Because you want to first and foremost show up, you know, that you're somebody that looks credible and professional. And then, you know, how do we establish things that they feel like they can feel a little bit more connected to you in some way on like what your story is. Some of the things we love to do on websites, and you can do this on social as well, is tell your story a little bit about why you're doing what you're doing. Have a story about a time that you needed an expert. You know, we've all had times in our lives where we realize somebody else could do something faster, easier, or better than ourselves. And it doesn't have to be anything to do with what you're doing, but it helps other people to relate and see like, you know, that they might need an expert in this area that they're struggling with as well. So there's some key stories that we can kind of help our clients articulate and bring to light on those digital presence to make it connect a little bit more with their audience. I think I forget after being in business for a few years that there are new people that are coming into my world that probably don't know my story of why I'm doing the work that I'm doing. And gosh, there are lots of times where I've needed an expert and I still need experts. And I I think that those are some really unique content ideas that you just shared with us here today. I mean, we have every day probably that we're running to something or other from, you know, somebody to 
take care of the weeds in our yard to, you know, somebody to provide healthy food for our families, like so many different things that we're sometimes like, hey, somebody else could probably do this better. Why am I struggling with this? Does it make sense anymore for me to do it versus when's that time just to leverage somebody else that can allow you to do the things that you really want to do and stay focused in those areas? Well, Jen, this has been such a fun conversation, and we have covered so much ground in a short amount of time. We're talking about prospecting authentically and helping people figure out their story. You gave a lot of great ideas around marketing for small business owners, and I love the connection of SAM, sales, and marketing, and then, of course, how we can avoid making some of those major marketing mistakes. So if our listeners want to learn more about you and the work that you are doing at Playmaker, how can they find you? Well, I'm on most social media platforms. So you can find me on Instagram at Jen the Playmaker or on Facebook or LinkedIn. It's Playmaker Coaching or Jennifer Hensley. You should be able to find me either way. We also have a YouTube channel with a lot of content that's available for anyone to watch, get more familiar with us or various different marketing strategies and resources so they could check us out there. And then always offer an initial consultation for anyone that's interested to go a little bit deeper. So you could just reach out to me, uh, Jennifer at playmakercoach.com, or you can book a time directly on my website at playmakercoach.com and would love to talk a little bit more and see if there's some ideas that um, from today's conversation or something different as it relates to client acquisition that we might be able to help with. Fantastic. And we'll make sure to add all of those links to our show notes. So thank you so much for your time today. Yeah. You know, I'll just leave everybody with one last thought and everything from our conversation. You know, as we said, you know, if something's a problem, think about how you can make it a process, make it clear, make it easy and make people feel valued. And I think you'll see all the difference in the world in your own success. Loved having you here. And with that goal achievers, keep celebrating your weekly wins noting your lessons learned and identify your priorities for next week so you can consistently pursue progress in the direction of your goals. Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on goal achieving and business growing wisdom. If you want my best goal achieving tips and a monthly reminder to check in on your goals, join my email list at kristenburke.com. 